Good, 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 good day, good people. Rashawn Ali, your host here for the Cool Sword Podcast. I hope you are having a fabulous day, night, I don't know, whenever you decide to download this episode. I hope you are doing well and living your absolute best life. Today, we are loving the fact that we have a cool people episode and we are joined by Brandon Frame, who is the founder and the mastermind behind The Black Man Can, an amazing mentoring program. I was honored at the Black Man Can Awards with the Black Woman Can Awards. So you'll hear all about that and just all about the magnificent work Brandon and his team are doing for men of color, young boys of color across this world and just to let you know if you'd like to join my wine club i sure would love to have you and that is the sponsor for this episode whether you want six bottles of wine a month four bottles of wine a month two bottles just go to www.directsellers backslash rashan ali and i will get you set up right away okay and very, very happy for you to hear from our guy right now, Brandon Frame, with The Black Man Can. Enjoy. Cool people do cool things. But once you realize, look, I can't get what I need from that situation, I have to, like, do some personal self-development. Then you go to the next level. I encourage people to get out of your comfort zone. What was your normal before? You got to outsmart yourself. You got to introduce yourself to a new way of living. Cool people say cool things. You need to make sure that people know who you are and what you stand for. And so I learned I have got to have unshakable belief in myself to be able to go out there and demand what it is that I know I deserve. I'm Rashawn Ali, and this is Cool People. Just be cool. Welcome to another edition of the Cool Sore Podcast, but we always love to interview the cool people. And this cool person is someone that I have uh, definitely been inspired by. And uh, Brandon Frame, who is the founder of The Black Man Can, an amazing organization and just an amazing person. He joins us today. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing wonderful. Honored to be a guest and to, to share. And uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is uh, this is our second attempt of making this interview happen. I have to tell all of our listeners that somehow we got disconnected before and uh, my computer just it went crazy, but I'm glad that I was able to like be after, you know, that happened where we were able to spend some time together at the Black Man Can Awards where I was honored. So I think everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen, because I believe now the interview will have much more impact. So to the to the listeners out there, thank you so much for hanging on. But this is going to be a good one. Let's talk about you, Brandon, and why you are so passionate about boys and black boys in particular um mk asante is one of my favorite scholars and he says once you make an observation you have an obligation so i made an observation that boys and men of color need to see positive images themselves and need to have their stories told and so i've just wanted to have to follow through on that observation because that's the obligation that i have um, I, I started a mentoring program on the east side of atlanta at charles r Jew charter school and there i really saw the impact that 
I was having on the young people there, in particular uh, the the young men, and I was like, wow, I think you know this may be leading me in a direction of of what my passion and what my purpose is. It's like um, what you had said. Um, some days, some one of the most important days is that you figure out like why, yeah. you know, why here the day you were born, and then you figure out why. And I think being with uh, the young men at Drew, I got uh, I got that notion of why I'm here and what I'm supposed to do. Right. So I love that quote, the the observation quote. Um, what were you observing? What was it that really triggered you to say, "Oh no, this is something that I have to see changed." Um, so we took the boys, you know, just like in most inner city communities across the country. If you live on one side of the city, you actually never travel to the other side of the city. Yeah. Um, and so. I had young men who had been who live on the east side of Atlanta and essentially they've never been to the west side or the southwest side of Atlanta. So they've never been to the King Center. They've never been to uh, Morehouse because simply because it's literally on the other side of the city. Um, and so we brought them to Morehouse in particular. And afterwards, we did a debrief um, just to get you know their thoughts and what they were feeling and, and uh, what kind of impact that we that we make by having them have this experience. And one young man said. The only other place that he could envision that's like Morehouse was prison. Oh my gosh! So, and, and for him, I you know asked him to expound, and so he said there there was no other place that he could think of that had three thousand black men in one place at one time. The only other place that he could fathom that would have that many men at one place at one time was prison, and, and that was the the catalyst, one of the catalysts to wow. say, wow, we we there's a there's a impact that needs to be made here by exposing these young men to the men at Morehouse, but also just grown men at large and the different stories and the narratives that make us up because we get we often are seen as monolithic um, and that we only can operate in certain spaces, uh, which is not true. And so these young boys and men as in a whole needs to see all the different areas in which we occupy and all the areas that we're making a difference and we're striving for greatness. Wow. That is crazy. Have you followed that young man to see like, you know, where he is now? He is. Um, I follow him on Twitter okay. we might a few times. Uh-oh. Hello? Brandon? 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 Oh, goodness. Brandon, I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Hello? Okay. Hello? There we go. All right. So he is. I follow him on Twitter, and he is. Um, he, he's uh, in Atlanta, um, and he is a musician um, and goes to Georgia State. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. So, you know, I want to, you know, we got to get a little bit of the backstory on who you are as a man, um, you know, raised in Connecticut, and you decided to come to Morehouse, the Morehouse that you took your students to when you first started this um, this uh, plight in your life. Um, talk about why you made that decision to come to Morehouse and how that changed the trajectory of your life. Uh, Morehouse. Uh, so my best friend, uh, Marcus Blackwell, um, we were on our way to SAT prep class. And on our way to SAT prep class, his dad said, if Marcus wants to go to any other school, he has to figure out how to pay for it. My money's going to Morehouse. Hmm. 
And, you know, that's kind of a legacy thing, you know, when it comes to HBCUs and private schools and, and everything like that. And so I I had never heard that because I'm a first generation uh, college student. Mm-hmm. So my only reference to Morehouse was Boys in the Hood. <laughs> End of Boys in the Hood, Cuba Gooding Jr. goes to Morehouse. And I, I'm not so, uh, Nia Long goes to uh, Spelman. And that's my only reference. And so then I do some more research on, on Morehouse. Um, and I'm like, wow, Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. David Satcher, Edward Moses, and all these uh, amazing black men who... Uh, went there. And then I also learned that it's actually a school for all men. I didn't know that either. And uh, I did my research and I uh, junior, that was sophomore year, junior year, I went on a historically black college tour. And from there I was, it was, I knew that's exactly where I needed to be. I didn't know how we was going to pay for it, but I knew that Morehouse was where I needed to be because I knew my, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather and, and mentors had laid a foundation that I could stand upon and right. I knew that I wanted to be a leader and that I wanted to be successful and that greatness could be for me. Um, but I didn't know a place I didn't it wasn't until I went to Morehouse that I saw this is where I need to go in order to make all those things happen. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it like to step foot on this campus? It was an amazing experience. I think what probably was most interesting is that Morehouse is this place where, you know, the majority of the students in your freshman class were all the smart black kids. Yes. Right. Uh, wherever you were. So it was actually it was great, but it also over a little slightly overwhelming because like I, I met students who um you know, Coca-Cola scholars, Oprah Winfrey scholars, Gates Millennium scholars. And I mean, I, I wasn't those things. I, I definitely was one of, you know, a top student in my high school or a top black male student in my high school. Um, but I, I was like, wow. Like, at first I got there, I was wondering how I'm going to compete. Right, um, right. Um, all the talent that's here because I didn't know, like, I'm going to, I'm stepping down here like, man, you know, these guys are going to be able to hold the candles to me. Um, but um, I think what was amazing about Morehouse is like the brotherhood. So like all these intelligent brothers coming together to, um, with one goal in common, which is to graduate and, you know, obtain different jobs and careers and find themselves. And we were and through that experience, that linked experience, you really create a, a true brotherhood uh, where you don't want to see your brother fail and you want to help them be successful in any way possible. Yeah. And I mean, you took those same things that you uh, obviously learned in childhood, but then, you know, uh, it was cultivated in college. And now this is what you're doing in your everyday life. Um, you know, you mentioned all the women in your life uh, who set you up for an amazing foundation. Um, But I know that you did not meet your father until later on. And I had the chance to actually sit next to him at the Black Man Can Awards, which was very (laughs) interesting. So tell, tell everybody about that relationship and why, you know, now you as a grown man, he is here and ever present. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I, I'm, I like to always say I'm a college love baby, okay. you know, um, and so um, and then after that, you know, I, I really don't know. I can't really give the story of, in terms of why he necessarily wasn't there. Um, it's not even something that we've actually really even discussed. I think when I was younger, I, I journaled. It's actually the journal that I created from that. I created a journal that boys get at all the black men can institutes, which is called define yourself, redefine the world, a guided journal for boys and men of color. And so when I was, um, when I was younger, I journaled, which was, which what's helped me develop positive self identity, uh, and process my emotions, uh, through written reflection. And so, 
when I met him when I was 18, I kind of had moved past like maybe any anger or hurt or um, all the different negative feelings and emotions that can come from that experience. Right. And I was able to, we, from there, I was in his wedding. Um, we have season tickets to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we have a great relationship. He's, he's, he's somebody I call my friend um, and somebody I can call for advice on different things. And he supports and believes in me. Uh, and I think it was due in part because I was able to process my emotions when I was younger right. so that when time came for us to meet and build a relationship, there was no animosity or uh, anything, hatred, uh, any sort of negative uh, emotion or feeling. It was all just excited with the opportunity to uh, build a relationship with him. And then even, even I guess, even like how we met, um, just thinking about that kind of just speaks to like the, the things that I do and how I live my life. And so I was a senior in high school um, on the basketball team and my basketball coach he asked me to mentor a young man who was a freshman. He said, you know, I think you would be good. And this is before I even knew what mentoring was or anything. He was just like, I think you would be, you would have a good impact on him. So I said, sure. So, you know, I befriended him and I met his family and everything. And it was really, it was really great. And one day um, towards the middle of the season, um, my mom came to the gym and he was there with his dad. And I had already met, I had already met his dad. And so my mom walks in the gym and he says, Angela, and then she says, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And so um, and then so they went they were at school together. So he then he he didn't know who I was until that very moment. Oh, wow. Oh, I was I was born while my mom while they were all in college. So he remembers me as a, you know, a two, three month old, you know, being on campus. Um, and so, and so then he asked me, he said, do you have a relationship with your dad? And I said, no. And he was like, wow. Like, you know, I've been in his house. I might've even been in his house while he was on the phone with my dad. That's like how close they are. Oh my God. Uh, my God. So from there, you know, he made a phone call and, you know, he told my dad, you know, about me and, you know, I've been mentoring his son and all these different things. And from there it became, um, then we connected. Um, and then from there it was, uh, this is a good, it's been a really positive relationship ever since. Wow. When, wow. In retrospect, do you, you know, that was all orchestrated divinely, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I do. Yes. Like what, like what are the odds that that would actually happen the way it did? Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about why you even decided to journal as a young child. Was that something that you're, that someone imparted to you? Were you in therapy like, why did you even pick up a pen and a pencil? I mean, a pen and paper and, and journal as a young boy. Yeah, it, start, it started in the fifth grade. In fifth grade, we had to have a journal uh, for class. Uh, the class the, that was just something that we did in fifth grade. Um, and then by doing that, I, I found it to be, it's like I, now the words that I would use now is not what they were when I did it. But I was like, I found it to be therapeutic. Right. I, I found it to uh, really help me. Um, not be angry um, and kind of maybe develop some of the some of the uh, some of the things that I see in young men now uh -huh. um, in terms of uh, of ego and emotions, impulse control, and not having being able to control those things. Um, I was able to control those things, but I did it because I was able to write. And when you write, you just kind of put your emotions out there, but then you're able to go back and reflect on what you wrote. And then from there, those are the type of ways you can just become a better, a better human being, a better man. Um, and, but I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but that's what it event. That's what it was helping me do. Wow. I just knew it made me feel good. So. Yeah, that's good. And so do you still journal? 
I do. I do. I still journal. Uh, there's a lot. It's fun. It's interesting reading some of the things I journal about now. Um, Cause I think like now you get into more like uh, not just necessarily things that happen, but it might be like, I think as I've grown, the black man can has grown. So like the concept of like falling black in love and all these different things. So that's not things I talked about when I was like, yeah. in high school or even even in college but now it starts like a lot of times when i journal it has a lot to do with like emotions and feelings in terms of relationships yeah uh, so that's that's uh that's that's really good really good okay so drew you're 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 doing your mentoring program at drew and then something in your heart says this has to be bigger bigger i have to take it outside of these young people's lives who's i'm changing who i'm changing now at this school so how did it grow from there Yes. Yeah, so, um, so yes, yeah, so we, we do the, um, the mentoring program and then I, I graduate from Morehouse and I'm, you know, I started teaching in Massachusetts and, um, all the, the work that I was doing there kind of from the black, the black, the title, the black man can didn't necessarily come while I was in college, but I still had that idea that once you make an observation, you have an obligation. And so I was like, you know, I want to do a blog. I want to just, again, continue to tell these stories of my of my fellow brothers. And then there's lots of black men out here doing amazing things. And I just want to tell these stories. And so April of 2010, uh, I just went and bought a domain name. And that became the black man can. And I think what's interesting about it is that, and this speaks to like ordered steps and, and divine intervention is that God knew that it was going to be what it is now because when I bought the domain name, if you're going to start a blog, you want .com. That's kind of like your right. natural inclination, but it wasn't available. The only thing available was .org. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to just have to suck it up. And, you know, it's a blog, but it's going to be .org. And, uh, you know, now that was 2010. And now eight years later, we're actually a, a nonprofit organization, which is what you would want to .org for. Absolutely. But God knew that. That's what it was going to grow into. For me, I just wanted to blog and tell tell stories of, of different black men, but it's, it's grown into that. And so we launched the blog in 2010. Um, we launched the Black Men Can Institute in 2013, um, as well as the, the journal. Um, and then the Black Men Can Awards, we started that in 20, uh, 2014. Um, but no, 2012, we did it all online. And so then this past year or this past June, we had the, uh, the live award show where people actually come and we celebrate people in person. Uh, And so it's been, um, an amazing journey, um, thus far to, to get to where we are. And I'm excited about where we're going to go. So before we get to the future and before we get to the award show, that was spectacular. I want to talk about, you know, you've been able to change the lives of so many young people but there's is there a story that stands out to you or a young man that stands out to you um uh, just on the way that he changed or the way that uh his life uh was impacted by the black man can organization yes absolutely and there's so many so many stories but one that always um or i might actually share two but okay. the first one um is we did an institute in wilmington delaware um, and we had a, it was a great, great institute, uh, lots of boys. And then I found myself in Wilmington, Delaware, maybe two months later, just doing some follow-up work and, uh, working with some individuals down there. And I happened to be on MLK Boulevard, Boulevard streets, one of MLK something. Um, and, um, I ran into a young man 
that had attended the institute and he came up to me he's like you're mr black man can and i was like I, yes i'm, I'm a, i guess i can be mr black man can <laughs> and he said you know you taught us how to tie ties at the institute now can you uh, or you, and you told us we had to pay it forward can can i tell, can i share my story with you and i said sure said so, so i when i got home i taught my dad how to tie a tie wow and i was like wow like you know just that that story was just really powerful because like that's not even what you're expecting you're expecting maybe go show one of his friends or something yeah. like that when he got home he said you know he taught his dad how to tie a tie and for them to have that uh interaction um i think is is just amazing and powerful and that's the type of work that we're doing and another story that i'll share um is uh it actually ties a little bit more to social the social media aspect and the the promoting of and celebrating of positive images is that we had um uh, a lieutenant from the United States um, military. He's a helicopter pilot, uh-huh. and he recently um, the, the he sent me the image, and we just received a flag in the mail. But there was a flag that was flown on a helicopter, and it was dedicated to the Black Man Can organization wow. um, from the from the United States military. And I just thought that that was like, and and he just part of it was because of our the positive image that we post, but we also try to do as much as we can to do salute to service. And so always showcasing um, men in uniform uh, from police officers to military servicemen with their kids and um, them as brothers and, and just doing what they do. And so that was like really powerful that somebody I don't know that I've never met uh, that doesn't know me from, doesn't know, actually doesn't even know me. He just knows the organization. Right. Felt that he wanted to dedicate in a, a flag that has flown um, combat missions to the to the Black Man Can organization was really powerful. Wow, that's fantastic. So you've been able to impact you and the other amazing mentors and people who volunteer for this great organization. 5,000 boys, 48 institutes across the United States. But what is next? I mean, that right there, what I just said is already lofty. What's next for What's- Black Man Can? What's next is a great, great question. So um, I want to continue to uh, build out our organization. So we'll continue to uh, have our digital presence um, in terms of how we how we're effectively using um, social media and our blog to continue to tell the positive images and narratives of boys and men of color so that we can become like the number one source uh, for that type of content. Right. Um, so that's one area. Uh, we want to continue to do our institutes where we've been doing uh, fundraising. I think one area that we really need to to build out is how we work with maybe big brands um, and um, people who can sponsor the work that we're doing. So yes. like, if we're, if we're going around the country we're for 15 institutes a year um, with about 250 boys at each institute, how does that become something that, uh, you know, a company then sponsors that entire tour that we're doing, or even like the Black Man Can Awards, how does that become um, a sponsored event so that I'm not necessarily using um, like my own resources uh, to, to pull off everything. So like that's, um, that's like a big thing that we're looking at. Like, how do we, you know, meet those people uh, so that we can, uh, scale the work in that way. Um, so building our, our digital presence as well as continuing to do our institutes. And I'm already, we've already started planning for the awards for next year. Nice. Um, 
So I'm going to continue to do that to what I feel is like the ultimate celebration of, of black men and boys, but also making sure we take that time to honor black women as well as black love um, at the Black Man Can Awards. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really excited about building out all these areas um, because I think they all are, they all are needed, uh, but building it out in a way that is um, intentional, intentional as well as scalable. Yes. And, um, I can only see greatness, continued greatness for what you are doing. I do want to re- reference the 2018 Black Man Can Awards, the Black Man Can Awards, which I was honored as the Black Woman Can. And yes. what, what a night. I mean, I cried <laughs> so much, <laughs> but in a good way. It was so awesome to just see all of these black men um, celebrated. And how did you come up with all the categories? That was, that was one of my questions. All of the categories that you've come up with from the Black Love Award to uh, is like Father's Award, a Father's Day Award. It was something like that. It was just so many. The different categories were amazing. How'd you come up with them? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to make sure we had all the different categories that uh, really showed all the different spaces that we occupy. So from more than stats and showing that we're more than athletes to uh, Father of the Year, because um, I think, you know, just showcasing um, us as fathers and uh, making sure we honor young boys as well. So we have our king in the making, uh, the campus king, um, scholar athlete uh, for somebody in, in, in high school and just showcasing that. Um, I mean, I used to coach basketball. So how many kids sometimes really miss the the idea of it's like uh, athlete student as opposed to student athlete? Yeah. Um, so really just like focusing and, and being intentional about that, then I, I think that, you know, it's really important for us to have the Black Woman Can Award because um, a lot of times when men when men come together, a lot of times we miss those opportunities to um, honor, celebrate and hear and support the voices of women and girls. And I want to make sure that as an organization that is focused on men, we're intentional about making sure that we don't miss those opportunities and we let uh, black women know that we love and care about them and we're here to support them in any way possible. Um, falling black in love uh, because um, I think black love is real. I think it's something that we should celebrate. Um, some, even if you look at it from a statistical thing, you know, it's like 87% of black men marry black women. So that's what we focus on. Right, you know, right. There's, I'm not saying there's not the 13%, and that's cool, that's great, but we focus on that 87%. That's what we want to celebrate. I love it. Um, and so just being intentional um, in that way, trailblazer, rising star, um, and just showcasing, you know, just all the different things that we're doing and what pe- and things that we're accomplishing um, and so people can see that. Beautiful. Brandon, you have been featured in the Boston Globe, CBS, MSNBC, NBC, um, you received the Martin Luther King Jr. Drum Major Award, Hartford Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Changemaker of the Year Award, and BET's Next in Class class in the field of education. What has been your greatest accomplishment? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> the, the, the best um, accomplishment is uh, just here. The, the emails, um, the testimonials from people just know showcase sharing how the work has impacted them um i'm i'm always honored and it's always a great thing to be recognized uh for the different um different endeavors um but what most means the most those are just reminders to continue to do the work um because when i started a blog 
eight years ago, I never would have thought all those things would have happened. I just wanted to tell stories. And so it's always just remembering the why. And the why is to celebrate, educate, and inspire uh, black men and boys as much as possible um, and think of unique and different ways to do that that will ultimately impact people's minds and perceptions of us and what we can do. Absolutely. And you were doing just that, just great, great work. It's a pleasure to just be in your presence. You're just, uh, you're, you're a great spirit, man. And I, and I know that you hear that a lot, but um, we're just grateful that you're doing such amazing work or leading the way and doing such amazing work. Before we let you go, what is your definition of cool? Definition of cool. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> definition of cool is uh, of someone who the definition of cool is someone who lives their life their way, um, that believes that anything is possible, that uh, pursues excellence with impeccable effort. Um, is able to be in any space at any time and be able to to fit right in, to yes. be able to have a conversation with somebody, um, whether we're sitting and we're talking in the boardroom or we're sitting talking at the cookout, but they're also themselves. They never switch up or try to be something different. They're always themselves. And, and being themselves, they are able to be cool in any environment. And people are just like, man, the next event, we got to make sure you're there. Yeah. Event and uh, that's that's my definition of cool. I just think you just described who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is it. Well, Brandon, how can people find out more about your your organization and follow you on the social media? Um, you can uh, visit www.theblackmancan.org. Um, you can follow us on social media at the Black Man Can on Twitter and Instagram. You can. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Oh no, on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Brandon Frame, um, and that's how you can get in touch. And we'd love anybody that wants to is interested in learning more about our organization and being a part in any way. Please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Continue success on everything, and I'll be right there cheering you along the whole way. Devin, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for allowing us to honor you at Yay. the Black Man Can Awards with the Black Woman Can Award. It was an honor and a true pleasure to have you. Oh, my. It was my absolute pleasure. I had a fantastic time. I, I left field, and I know that's how you make uh, the young men in your program feel um, every, every time you're with them. So thank you so much for your work and being obedient to the call. Thank you. Take care. Brandon Frame, everybody.